0: <laughs> I did talk to
1: my pastor about uh about our exception to that point of the London Baptist Confession. By the way,
0: what did he say? And
1: oh, he he was basically saying, yeah, I don't I don't see any case being made for voting in in scripture. So
0: I was like, yeah, I kind of agree. Uh someone made a com- someone made a comment recently. It was Matthew Catalano. Uh, he's an Anglican, I think, isn't he, Andrew? I think so. Yeah. Well, he made a comment. Not too long ago, about how Scripture isn't isn't uh, doesn't really speak with uh what was, how did he phrase it? Basically, that Scripture doesn't prescribe a particular ecclesiology. It, it kind of like it leaves it up to whatever each each tradition's ecclesiology is. I'm like, I guess I could see that. I mean, it's, I mean because vague
2: you know there's some vagueness to it for sure but um i mean i think i mean so much of it i mean so many of the the different forms of polity have a lot more to do with ethnicity than like anything else you know or 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 even like in america like regions of england uh, you know, it's like congregationalists and and you know then you have you know, like, uh, or if they're not lost.
3: English, yeah,
4: yeah, well, yeah, yeah. And then you, I mean, are, are yeah. you from a Celtic culture? Oh. Do you hate the English? In an opposite way. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Whatever they do, they're wrong. Um, so
2: yeah, I, I, I think, I, I, I think there's, yeah, there's like some wisdom there, but obviously, you, you have like, you have these people that will look at, like, the office of elder and be like, oh, that's cool, and then never have any anything like eldership in their church at all.
0: Southern Baptists are kind of dumb. Uh, but like Alex Jones, you know, they're, they're kind of retarded. Uh, we, we we shy away from use the use of words like bishop, overseer, and elder and strictly just use pastor. Although pastor's a legitimate title, it's just we have, we have just a pastor. We don't have a multi, uh, a plurality of pastors. We just have one pastor, but for whatever reason, there's a plurality of deacons, but they all serve. They either all serve at the mercy of the, of the elder, or one of the deacons is a chair that everyone serves at his mercy, including the elder or pastor, or, <laughs> or the deacons all serve at the mercy of the loudest woman on the finance committee. And do not be deceived.
4: It is usually the loudest woman. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well,
2: I mean, the dirty little secret in um, America, in, in conservative evangelicalism, what of whatever tradition, it whether you have, I mean, formally laid out where you have you have elders, where you have two office, the office, and all men and everything else. I mean, so
5: many churches it ultimately comes down to the handful of ladies that that
2: if there's a bee in their bonnet, you know, then that's what happens. Like they get upset about something and that pastor's gone. Right? It doesn't matter if you have if you have 35 Dutch Presbyterian elders. It, um that handful of ladies in the church, they they drive things. And mean, whether it's congregational or uh, whether you're an Anglican and you have a bishop right, that you're under, like it's that's that's what drives it. Um, and so I think it's just a root like, of so many of the problems we have today. Is that is that men are too scared to lead and tell women no. Um, that's whether it's whether it's mar- men in their marriages, you know, pastors and churches. Uh, or anything else it's you're scared to tell a woman no oh, this man. was
5: this was my appreciation of paul Maxwell um because he he focused on um why men are leaving evangelicalism had everything mm-hmm. to do with <clears throat>
4: the modern church hates masculinity it yeah. it just
5: bores any kind of a backbone uh-huh yeah yeah i mean just look at the reaction to doug wilson you know? um <laughs>
2: like at, or or like um uh brian or michael foster
0: know,
2: or foster or uh brian i i, don't, I still don't know how to
5: they swap stop Save
0: is it save suave uh it's brian, not english
2: i think, that,
0: um, I think, an a, I think a is, is first
2: that's some french name uh some frog uh, name huh? and, and, and uh uh uh, but like you know his tweet about and i I don't even know if we have exactly the same perspective on modesty or standards or anything uh but i was like the last thing i was gonna do is counter signal him you know uh in that moment it's like because i'm not really sure exactly the talking about the baby picture but i'm just like no like the thing that people are upset about is not the particulars of what he's saying; it's that whole, <laughs> that that men can tell women what to do. Uh, yeah. It's what Beth Moore was upset about, and her her minions, um, and and everyone else on Twitter. So, um, or even like my tweet that didn't get quite as much attention as as Brian's did. Like I I probably blocked two hundred people this weekend
5: from <laughs> <laughs> that one tweet,
2: but um, it. I mean, some of the focus, some of the stuff I've been writing about, um, is you know lately is just just the perspective of of this kind of stuff. Like, I mean, Foster calls it like the great ecclesiological reset, talking about this the same stuff too. And I'm 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 kind of leaning into it now with with churches is not feeling bad about you know pulling people out of the. Churches which are just selling a religious consumable product, um, and bringing them into a church where they are going to have a pastor who is going to preach the Bible unapologetically, is going to be explicitly anti woke and anti lib or anti whatever. You know the bad people out there. You oppose them. I, I've been you know, really focusing on on how um genuine evangelical Christian faith is it is like the antithesis of what the regime is about, right? You you know the globalist American empire, right? It is it is one hundred and eighty degrees the opposite. So like everything that I delete is one hundred and eighty degrees different than what Gen Saki believes, or Peter Booty Gig, or, or you know any representative of of that world. Um, what I believe, what you guys like, what we believe
5: is the total antithesis of that, and they know it, and they know that what we believe, at, at some level, true. <laughs> and so. um it's I, I think like that's what direction like in terms
2: of like opposing the regime or whatever, like um, that we should build everything out from is that they know that we are the opposite of them everything that they have going we believe the opposite of I mean it, in like everything too not just not just um, in terms of like sexual ethics, uh, but in terms of like foreign policy, in terms of, uh, in terms of economics, in terms like everything. Everything that we, they believe, we believe the opposite. of. I mean, it's, it's astounding, like how, how what they are is like almost perfectly anti-Christ. So, um, but then you have the leadership of conservative evangelicalism, right? All along the lines. Residents of seminaries, top seminary professors, the most influential pastors—all of them are on the side of the globalist American empire. They they talk. They give their talking points. Right? They march to the same drummer.
5: And it's you know, to me, um, like I think we should we should emphasize that.
2: We should emphasize that, that we're the opposite of these people, that the things that these people believe are is is insane. Um like I, I mean I had a conversation uh today with a friend and you know, he was talking about um you know how I, I offended somebody at some point where I talked you know, I just talked about Ephesians five. You know, <laughs> Wives submitting to husbands, and some like, Well, that person's just never going to come to your church now because you said that horrible, awful thing. I uh, and uh, that from from person's perspective, my friend, not from my friend's perspective, and uh, I just said, like, okay, <laughs> fine, uh, whatever. Uh, but like, what I I, I I get, like, I talk to these these got these evangelical guys, and they like get kind of squishy when you bring that up, like, well, it doesn't quite mean. And I'm like, look, no, 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 no. Like anything that you think in the Bible you need to apologize for to make it fit with where the world is in 2022, um, you should instinctively do the opposite. You should instinctively like lean into, like go further into what the Bible says that will will make everyone freak out um, rather than like try to, to massage away to make it work. Um, every place in the Bible where it bumps into that kind of thing, where this verse is going to freak people out, um, you can either massage
5: it and try to be with them, um, or you can agree with it. And the fact that it offends you is good.
2: <laughs> the fact that it offends you is good because, like, there's a direct line to freaking out over Ephesians five, right? over, over you know, wives submitting to your husbands. Or, or whatever. Um uh, whatever else in the Bible like that. Um any anything having to do with with the differences and roles between men and women that the Bible teaches. Um
5: the freak out over that right that people have. Like there's a direct line between that and you know uh
2: Rachel Levine being the <laughs> the the health secretary or whatever and Leah Thomas and like all of these these trans, these men dressed as women and, and having to pretend that they're they're women. Um, there's a direct line between wherever that is in 2022 and you being scared of saying what the Bible says, because like, it's the same culture, The like, same culture that produced that jeopardy, you know, tranny and the the swimming tranny and the health secretary tranny, like the same and the and the 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 tranny patient zero, which was uh, um, Kim Kardashian's stepdad or whatever. Um uh like all of all of the same culture that produced that is the one that freaks out over lives submit to, to your husbands. And
5: so I, I'd like
2: but, uh, to hit
1: back on um on one of your earlier points about you know how how you know we're the opposite of what's going on out there. And that while I agree with that framing, I think it should be we're the opposite of what's out there, but also we're standing on two thousand years of truth. And that everything that's going on out there is relatively new. Uh, It's not only new, but it's, it's completely unworkable. Like there is no system of thought that you can get there other than rebellion of what we have. Uh, And that goes also ties directly into the, um, just affirming the plain text of scripture. And I think that's why Douglas Wilson is so, you know, such a voice to be reckoned with right now is because he's not, his first priority isn't synthesizing the truth. It is just affirming the truth first and foremost, like, Oh yeah, the Bible says that. So I'm going to believe that. I'll worry about mm-hmm. synthesizing and harmonizing all this later, but for now, I'm just going to affirm this, this plain statement, you know, uh, men and men, or men and women are women. wives should submit to their husbands and then husbands should submit to Christ, you know, yeah. and he'll, he'll worry about the repercussions later. But yep. he's grounding that in a a older and and more sure tradition than what the the world's offering now.
4: Truth first, qualification um, second. Yeah. Um. Just real quick, the only pushback I have is the current iteration of transgenderism really is a form of gnosticism. It's a it's a belief that you can infinitely manipulate what you are to be anything else. The only thing that matters is spirit or consciousness or whatever, but it denies the duality of your being, right? So this even gets into uh, the transhumanism conversation. I know it's a little bit different than what we're talking about, but it's also kind of not. It's part of the same grouping. It's the same people. The same people that want you to cut off your genitalia and act like you're a woman. Will be the people who want to upload you to a computer.
0: And they're the same people who want to create artificial wounds to procreate in instead yes. of. Yeah.
1: yeah. Oh, brave new yeah. world. Oh, brave new yeah. world.
2: Yeah. No, I mean, I, all of it is is a rejection of the <coughs> order, and <coughs> they want
5: they they want to produce technology that can allow them to protect the created order. I mean, that's. I mean, that's the same thing with like, like birth control hormones, right? Is
2: is a trans? It, ultimately, it's a transhumanist thing. It's God has set up the created order this way that humanity has always lived in, and now you've found a way to hack it so that you can decide to have a barren womb whenever you want. Um, that's I mean, that's that's ultimately what it is, and people say, like, oh, that's ludditism. Ever, but it's that's it's not that it's it's there's it's like the inverse of of ludditism, people have that that any technological progress, um, is only ever good, um, and it's not true. It's
4: not true at all. Well, and you, well, and it fails to look at the negative repercussions on women who take those pills, and it fails to take into consideration the amount of hormonal pollution that gets into the water table. Because when they're all the additional estrogen that's not being absorbed into their bodies goes right through their urine into the table, into the water table. And it actually is slowing down male sexual development.
1: And in the eternal words of Alex Jones
4: <laughs> the frickin'
1: frogs gay. Yes. <laughs> I <knew you>. he, <laughs> okay. Alex Jones gets a bad rap, but he's right a lot more than he is wrong. Okay. He's he's always right in the
0: wrong way. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yep. That's a good way. Yeah,
5: Yeah.
4: Welcome to the Dixie Polis Podcast. My name is Lucas. This is Neil. And I'm Travis. We're Southern men. Be reconstructing the South. We are here interviewing Boniface from the Boniface Option for the 8th Century Woodchipper on Twitter. How you doing, man? I'm
2: doing well. Thank you for having me.
4: Yeah, man. So how long have we been actually talking? I know it's been a while.
2: Years, yeah. Yeah,
4: man. I've, uh, <laughs> talked to you guys for a while. Yeah. You, you. I think you actually were talking to me before I, I became a libertarian. Oh wow! Like oh, right man. before I became libertarian. Yeah, it's been a while. Um. <laughs> yeah, before I was trapped in all that autism. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well you're still trapped, you just have a different different uh bondage to autism now. Yeah, I have a different <laughs> autism
4: now, okay?
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's no escape.
4: Uh, <laughs> so um so you're building a church, you're building a community, you are going after the lefties on Twitter, within and without the church. Give us a little bit of an introduction.
2: Yeah, so I'm um a uh pastor in southern minnesota i, I in a small town <clears throat> and little over a, a year ago i i um took over pastoring the church that i that i grew up in uh that was in a more uh liberal denomination and that was independent um and it you know was very nearly dead very very small uh, it's not a not a huge church at all. Uh, I think sometimes people think that, like, because, you know, a few people follow me on Twitter that I must have this like massive church, like bigger than the size of my town. Um, and that, that would be awesome, but that's not, that's not, I case. it's tiny. you know, it's real small. Uh, but we are, we're still working toward building, um, building an, an actual functioning community that can thrive in the terrifying days ahead <laughs>
5: and uh um and and you know i mean I, I joke about that, but really it's um, it is it, it's something that I've been
2: working extremely hard at at getting guys to see that you know they're you know Donald Trump isn't gonna save them. At that that um, that ship has sailed. Uh, even if he somehow won again in 2024, um, that there's not a cavalry coming around the bend. Like they need to be the guys to turn this thing around, and it starts just with them as individuals, and and calling upon the name of the Lord and worshiping rightly, and and building a community out from that. Um, so that's the mission that I'm engaged in um, and, and trying to do and trying to, trying to get people you know, to do in, in their towns, right? Uh, because there is, there are tens of millions of people in our country, like as blackpilling as it can be to like look at the state of things, like every single day, um, as depressing and discouraging
5: as it, as it often, often is. Um, I, I, the thing that, that I take heart in
2: that there are tens of millions of, of people who recognized that things in our country are extremely messed up. And most of them um, are not in churches, right? Most of them are not being taught the Bible, not being discipled by good pastors. Um, And so the harvest is plentiful. and most of these people are people that like if you talk to them they'll be you know, ask them like well do you believe in god do you believe in jesus do you believe in the bible and they'll say yes 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 and you'll be like well, when was the last time you were in a church And you are like oh 20 years ago um i went to one I was you know other than weddings like what are you talking here um and and so the, there's tons of people that are predisposed to the christian faith
5: um in towns small towns all over the country um that um that are not being reached by the church
2: um and so my my mission here is to to reach those guys and and to have a place for people that are in churches um that um uh, are not being served by their their leadership by their pastors and by the the church at, at, at large right the you know, evangel- I mean, it's no no surprise to you guys the stuff we talk about all the time privately is that the leadership of the conservative evangelical church is totally in lockstep with the regime. Um, every opinion that the regime allows people to have, they have. Right? They do absolutely nothing that is in opposition to the regime in any, in any capacity. Um, whereas laity, whereas the people in the pews are, are the enemies of the regime. Like, there are, the, like, the normal, regular, evangelical Christian that's faithful that goes to church every Sunday, regardless of what, whether they're a Baptist or Reformed or whatever they are, um, that person is the enemy of the regime in D.C. and New York, everywhere else. That They hate that person more than anybody else on the planet. Um, and that hatred seeps down into the leadership of of evangelical churches. So part of it too is to like get people out of those places. Right. Where where their pastor is preaching BLM sermons and stuff like that. Like get out of there. Like where they where they're locked down longer than the lockdowns. We're like, oh we're just gonna keep doing virtual church until 2023. Get out of these places. Why are you why are you why are you allowing yourself and your family to be taught by people at that are on the same side as people that hate you, you that? So, I mean, so it's kind of like, it's kind of both I'm trying to do. And, and, you know, it's, it can be discouraging because it's, you know, being in a small town, uh, being in, in a place where people don't understand the value of church and the value of the gospel, uh, the value of, of having a pastor that's, that's good. That's going to, them the truth no matter what and and have their back no matter what um you know it, it's it could it could be tough it could be discouraging but it's it's so so valuable so it's so great uh, to be doing and like every day i wake up and when you have this mission uh to to serve these folks it is such a blessing right It's so it's like Let's, every morning it's like let's go. All right? Let's go. Uh let's fight. So that's 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 what
5: I'm all about. That's what I do. And and I, I love it. Every minute of it.
4: So the name of your Twitter account brings up some questions. The Boniface option, eighth century wood chipper. Tell us the history behind that and how that relates to what you're trying to do. In your community, you on twitter,
5: yeah, so i mean saint boniface was was um missionary in eighth century uh hence you know the name, and he
2: was he was sent from his monastery um to go evangelize the germans, and so i you know i'm of and descent mostly and and most of the people where i'm from that's that's what they are um in in southern minnesota in the upper midwest it's it's mostly german and scandinavian here and um and so he, he was sent to evangelize the germans and it, which were a people that they were pagans they they did not have any churches there they were totally resistant to the gospel any anyone Most of the time, when you would send missionaries, they would kill them. Um, And so he goes there, and he immediately goes to their holy shrine, this sacred oak, the oak of Thor, that they believed, and I I think it's probably true too, that if you touched it, Thor would send a bolt of lightning and kill you. Um, And so he said, well, not only am I going to touch it, I'm going to chop it down. And he came back the next day, and word had spread throughout the nearby villages that there was this insane Christian that wanted to get fried. And he gets there, and they're all assembled to you know, laugh at him and mock him. And he takes a big swing. And, the, and so the legend goes a wind came out of the heavens and blew the tree over after he swung and hit it with an axe. And all the people there uh, that witnessed that, that day uh, got baptized. And out of the out of the lumber from that tree, uh, he built the first church in Germany. And the evangelization of, of my ancestors uh, began right there. And so uh, I chose that name because uh, it's an awesome story, <laughs> for one. Uh, and two, I think it's got to be the mindset that we have today. I mean, obviously, you know, paganism is gone and it's not ever coming back despite what you know, LARPers on Twitter um and, and, and everywhere else, you know, try to you know guys that, you know, watch that history channel documentary, you know, and took it too seriously. Um uh like that's it's not, not coming back. Um but enemies of of the gospel today um are you know it's all around us. You have this you have this culture, this regime, you have um this thing uh, that just engul- has engulfed everything. Like think it's unavoidable. Um, it's there and it, and it has to be opposed and it has to be opposed with the same kind of fearlessness that, that St. Boniface had. Um, so that's, that's where the you know, the story came from. And that's, that's kind of my, my, my shtick, right? My thing is we should, you know, make, make fun of these people, mock them, fight them, uh, Point out how absurd what they believe is, and and not be the least bit ashamed or embarrassed about it, and and have as much fun as we possibly can doing it.
1: One of the things sure. that I liked uh, that you said a uh, few weeks back was, I, I can't remember exactly how you said it, but you can't really kill a people that's truly really having fun. And yeah, um, yeah so. Uh, just sitting here mocking them and scoffing at their their flawed worldview is a um, it's it's really a delightful thing. And don't take yourself too seriously online, because it, it doesn't really matter at the end of the day. You're just having fun right now. You're just chopping down trees.
5: Yeah. Well, and, and
2: I don't know. Like, um, the thing that I that I've thought about it as well is, you know, is
5: they it's it's twofold. Like,
2: one. Um when you're having fun it's it's easy for other people to join what you're doing and, and be having fun as well um like it's it's just attractive. people want to want to be around that so that's on the one hand the the, the other side of the coin is these people take what they believe very, very seriously, right you can't laugh at them. Can't laugh and and what they believe is absurd. It is ridiculous. Um, it's it's like the most obvious thing possible to laugh at. And I mean, you just you just look at like, I mean, just for an example, look at a picture of Rachel Levine, right? And and trying not to tell jokes about it, impossible, right? But these people, they look at that person, guy. And they think not mock this. This is a holy person. This is this is very serious. um And they will they will lose it if you make fun of them. They'll try to they'll try to get you fired. They'll do whatever they can. They'll try to ruin your life if they could. And you'll get banned from from the internet and so forth. You mock that, and it's just it's absurd. Like you, I mean, just think like it's like if imagine if you had a Delorean, right? printed off a picture of Rachel Levine, Rachel, uh, Le- Richard Levine, uh, in a dress and said, like, this is the undersecretary of health for the entire United States. And there's all sorts of people like him uh, all operating around our country and taking very seriously. You, get in, you print that off, you get in your DeLorean, you tell people that um, 50 years, 60 years ago, 100 years ago. Like, what would their reaction be? It would be hysterical laughter they would laugh. They, they would, they're like, no way, <laughs> no way. There's no, there's no way that's true. Uh, they would, they could believe it. I mean, just look back to like, what, like 30 or 40 years ago. Like one of the main characters of a 10 year long TV show was across, was a cross It was for gags, you know, cross-dressing corporal and mash. And um, now I don't, even, they probably can't show that show anymore, even though it was on reruns forever uh, because it, because of that
5: so like all this stuff all this is to say people take so seriously and the easiest thing in the
2: world to mock is someone who takes a takes themselves way too seriously and b someone who is doing believing and and living out utterly absurd they do both uh so how can like it's it's the easiest time in the
5: world to like of stuff, it does, it's not that hard to be funny, uh, but uh, like, like official comedy, like comedy that they'll put on television, completely dead, you know. I mean, think about
2: that like, there's more stuff to make fun of out there in the culture and the world than ever before, and actual comedy isn't doesn't exist
5: anymore, you know. It, 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 it you know, they've they've ceded that territory us one of the things that um
4: I, I guess it it kind of imprinted on me happened 18 i think 2018 um was when i could take a babylon b article a year previous and someone like the new york times would unironically like have something almost identical as their headline as if this was something that's even remotely acceptable. It's you know they satirize themselves. The, the jokes literally yeah. write themselves. Yeah. Um so it's it's you know the minister the minister of health Like five different countries in Europe are it's these really, Yeah, like almost <laughs> dead morbidly obese women who or, uh, or women. Well, no no no, the for for I think it's the Netherlands. It's an actual woman, uh, but it's like she's she's about fifteen hundred pounds. Got to have a like a wheelchair to carry her fat around. But um, looking
1: like a gangster boss from Star Wars. <laughs>
4: yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, I
2: mean, that, you, you bring up a good point. Like, and it's the, the pace of that is hastened. Um, it used to be like Babylon B would write a headline. And you'd wait like a year and it would turn into real news now <laughs> it's like days it's like it's 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 like I think there's a twitter account that tracks it um that like takes Babylon b headlines and then compare, kind of like define ls like the same you know the juxtaposed next week to each like, other um and and it's 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 yeah it's like you can't even do satire anymore because there's the line of what is believable is so far out there um
5: it's it's hard to it's it's hard to to mock them in it. uh even though it's easy to mock them in every other way um, yeah it's it's
2: it's wild and, and and so some of it is i mean some of the encouraging thing to me is I mean it's it's a double sided coin that you see how powerful. Propaganda of the regime is like just how they're able to make the majority of people believe absurd things, or to go from one thing to the other, where it's like it in March of twenty twenty, masks don't work, don't buy them. You're a racist if you wear a mask. To now, if you don't wear a mask, you're gonna kill all of us, and or the, the everything on the vaccines too, like. Like, this will 100% stop COVID. You'll never get COVID if you get the vaccine. Uh, to, well, it doesn't really work at all. <laughs> at every step along the way. Um, and, and, and and people just eat it up and believe it. Like, CNN says it, they believe it. Um, so, on the one hand, that's discouraging. But on the other hand, like, the more ridiculous and absurd lengths they you know, go to lie about these things and and you know gaslight people all that kind of stuff um the more people they lose forever um the more people are like they lied about this what else are they lying about and they find out all the other things that they lie about um that i mean to me that's that's heartening because there's eventually you reach you know certain critical mass where you, you don't you're not ever going to convince the majority of people they've been lied to but if enough people understand that they've been lied to and are continually being lied to, um, then you spark things that happened. Um, and so, I mean, I think it goes back to the earlier conversation about um, the people who are the most impervious to their propaganda are evangelical Christians. Like there was a, there was a video today of between, it was a, like a recorded video chat between Russell Moore and, um, David Brooks New York times, um, where they were talking about like literally the thing that I'm busy doing every day, which is getting people out of churches with Russell Moore type pastors. Um, and he's saying, Oh, they're crazy. They, they believe, you know, Q and I conspiracy and they believe, uh, they, you know, they believe that COVID is a hoax and I'm thinking, like,
5: uh, well, you know,
2: what part of it isn't a hoax? You know, like that it virus exists, or they made it in China or Wuhan, or like what part is it? You know, and, and, and anyway, like he's saying, like these people are crazy, and that's their their strategy. And it's like, I think they're terrified. I think they're terrified that they are losing regular faithful Christian people are not no longer responding to them. And protecting their authority um, and are, are desperately looking for someone that can lead them. Um, so well, all those things are really encouraging. Well, did you
1: notice how they just poison the well though, that they're, they're lumping all of these things with into the most extreme category They're They're saying that, okay, if you don't think that we should wear a mask right now, or you don't trust the vaccine, well, you're just a QAnon conspiracy theorist. Yeah. They're, they're not actually taking this. Well, I don't think they can take a step back because I don't think their puppet masters would let them, yeah. uh, to, to actually like take a reasonable position. You know, mine's no. like, okay, yeah, there's a virus out there. It's bad for those with comorbidities and it's not, it's not dangerous for the majority of the population, but theirs is all or nothing. Like it's either your one yeah. side or the other, your pro regime or your pro, you know, pro wing nuts. There's no common yeah. sense yeah
2: i but I think that's the fatal flaw for them is that if you take um if if you take somebody who has the very reasonable opinion um that no i think the lockdowns were bad they they didn't help and they ruined a lot of the country like all these business i you know i know people who's who were affected greatly by it, like lost their businesses lost their their life savings all this kind of stuff um everybody knows people that were affected. By the lockdowns, more people know people that are affected horribly by the lockdowns than know people that died of COVID. Um, is is the reality? Like I, I mean, me personally, I, I have more acquaintances that suicide during the lockdown than I than I have that died of COVID. I have zero acquaintances that died of COVID. I have two that like suicide so um and at that i don't think i'm an outlier. i think i'm much my ever my experience is much more common um and and so anyway if you ha- take people that say that that the lockdowns were bad right and that the masks were didn't do anything didn't help um and these are demonstrably true but um and that's the opinion they have they might, even be, that they might not even be um somebody that says the virus was created in a lab in Wuhan, right? Which is also demonstrably true, Um, right? They'll just say these two data points are, that didn't work. A very reasonable thing to take. And then you have guys like Russell Moore who will say, no, you must then believe in mole children and everything else, else, right? Um, And that, that, you know, all the politicians have been executed in Guantanamo Bay. Uh, There's a fake White House, right? Um, Like that's... (laughs) Like they, they, well, they, well, we they, do
4: they know them there's them. a fake White House set.
2: That's true. That's dramatically that's true as well. <laughs> <That's
4: right. laughs> I remember that. Which is funny because like the the, the, <laughs> the conspiracy theorists just eat it up like candy.
2: Yeah, I think that's why they do that stuff. Actually, to like stoke the, the fire even more. Um,
5: but uh, but you know that like the thing is, um, they. Uh, <coughs> They do this. They they lump
2: people in like this, and then when you've been lumped in with with crazy conspiracy stuff uh, for holding a reasonable opinion, like Russell Moore and David Brooks and all these
5: people at the, at the top, um, they think that that's that's like the whip get these people back in shape and get them back
2: um where they need to be. Like that's that's the discipline thing that they that they use to try to corral everybody were wrong and it doesn't work it's the opposite like then you're dismissing these very reasonable opinions that i have you think i'm insane and crazy why would i want to be
5: you or anybody that respects you um
2: and so it, it doesn't i don't but that's all they have but like um travis said it's all or nothing for them they can't. They can't uh, moderate any of their positions at all. They have to, absolutely have to, uh, be hundred percent whatever Dr. Fauci says is gospel. Um, and so, and if you disagree with him in the slightest, then you are are hunting, you know, bull children.
5: So, yeah, I think that, that's a good point. So, kind of along those lines.
4: uh it it's kind of funny uh people who know me calling me calling people conspiracy theorists it's funny <laughs> uh, <laughs> um but uh the, the last few years have actually been pretty uh pretty vindicating for me uh long lines. I've had probably about 10 or 15 friends personally call or text me i am so sorry <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought you were crazy and I wish you were. Uh yeah. is the yeah. conversation yeah. that they have. Um but you know, I, I've 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 been as I've been more and more convinced of post millennialism, it's one of those situations where it's like they've got us surrounded. We can shoot everywhere.
3: We don't even we don't even need
4: to have good aim, right? Um and and it's it's um you know we we talked about this in our uh our positive eschatology episode, but um you know when it when it comes to fighting enemy, let's say um which i I think honestly think it's a bunch of demons. beautiful thing is, in the end, those demons hate the very people they are controlling sooner that the people realize they're hated by their own leadership. Normal people, people with common sense, they'll say, wait a minute, you're not on my side. I think that's what's happening with the honking in Ottawa right now. You know, the truckers kind of sat this one out for a while. You know, they didn't want to talk about the social issues. They didn't care about it. All of a sudden... Go home and grill, yeah. Yeah, and now now they can't. Because now they won't be able to do anything until they get the jab.
1: Um. Well, it, well it wasn't even the jab most of the uh, truckers were already jabbed it was the extra and over tyrannic, uh, tyrannical policies that they had you know a lot of the truckers already submitted to getting jabbed it, it's just that they finally pushed it one step too far like they conceded and they conceded and now they that they were basically backed up against the wall you know, they wanted the people that tested negative to stay in a freaking quarantine facility for two weeks. Right. I mean, think about it with with freight on your truck, you still got to quarantine for two weeks.
4: And everybody wonders why we have boats back.
2: Yeah, shipping yeah. issues. Yeah, yeah, supply chain. Thank God yeah. for the South. Yeah, <laughs> it's it, it it is it is something though. Like that, that's the thing though. Like with all of this stuff, with so many of these things, is. Everyone just wants to put their whole their their head in a hole in the ground until it affects them personally so i I had been talking about this kind of stuff for you know, the better part of the last decade you know um and and you know, dissident type politics, whether it was when i was you know i had had a dalliance with libertarianism and and you know abandoned that uh for For more sensible viewpoints, but regardless, I mean, even the stuff I believed when I was a libertarian, um, most of it I still believe. You know, Um, like not that much has changed. Just more, more so. um, What should we be doing? (laughs) Right, (laughs) has changed. Um, Or what should what what is what's ideal for the situation that we're in? Um, And and. So, but people just like you said, like they think you're a conspiracy theorist, or they think you're nuts. They think you're crazy. They, um, or or they just don't care. It doesn't really matter to them until, oh, we're gonna stick this thing in you, or you don't get to feed your family.
5: But and even then, most people submitted to it. And well, fine, I'll do it. Like I was telling people, like no if, if, if that it's bad, you shouldn't take it right I mean that's I mean when I was writing religious
2: <clears throat> um exception letters for people it, it's that if if you have the reasonable belief that this could be
5: harmful to you, taking it is a sin yeah. right Mar- period right if you believe this thing could cause you harm.
2: Have re- sufficient reason, you know. If, if you have a reasonable belief that this could cause you harm, it is a sin to put it in your body to cause self harm. Like that's it's obvious. And all these, I mean, all these dumb heads, these intellectual yet idiot Christians, um, would would write, you know, five thousand word articles about how that that there's no religious exempt. And it's just like, are are you people stupid? Are you so dumb that you can't see what's going on? Uh but I mean so, so a ton of people, you know, um haven't they, they will submit and submit and submit until they they are like you said backed up against a wall and there no other options. Um and, and so I, I think that's that's the thing that God does. That's the thing that God does with rebellious and idolatrous and disobedient people. Um like I look at it like, why is our country the way that it is? Um, and this is, like I said, yeah, like, like you, po- like I'm totally post-millennial and I'm totally optimistic about the long-term direction of things. Um, but why are things the way that they are?
5: Is because people that claim to believe in God don't live like they believe in God and they value other things much more highly than god they value like very few people go to
2: church every sunday very few people do they have a million other things they would rather do
5: with their sunday um and like that like that data point alone there tells you why we are where
2: we are and and so that what God does is when people are rebellious like this and they value things other than God, they're they're idolatrous. He hands them over to wicked people to to rule over them harshly,
5: to do evil stuff to them. That's what God does until they until the people collectively all on, on him save them. Um, and that's what's happening in our country. It's
2: it's obvious with anyone with the eyes to see that that's what's going on. Um, and so I expect things to get worse. I expect there to be um, a massive, massive recession. I mean, how could there not be? I mean, just look at how the stock market is uh, and how, how all, the, all of the inflation that they've had to pump into it to keep it where it's at without it imploding. Like it's going to blow up or even just look at like Go on Zillow and look at house housing prices like like you know it's quarter million dollars for a crack house right it's like <laughs> I mean that ain't sustainable not um it's not gonna it's it, it's it's simply not and so um
5: I think that um God is going to push all of us, not just truckers but the majority of us up against a wall
2: um using using things like the regime to force us to repent and turn to him. Um and, and to force the people that already believe in him, like us, get more serious about what we're doing. Um and, do, and so oh yeah, go
1: ahead. Uh do, do you think that um that it might be better off for those of us that the wall was we, we put our heels down a lot sooner than the others. So those of us that, that basically stopped and said, no, our wall was we are not going to wear a mask. Do you think that it's going to be better or worse for us versus those that kept caving, kept caving, kept caving and eventually stopped?
2: Yeah, I, I think I think it'll be better. I uh, I hope I mean, that's like, <laughs> I I hope I th- well, oh, uh, yes. Or, yes. And no. I mean, we might get martyred by the regime like they might, you know, when they decide to liquidize the kulaks liquidate the kulaks um like who are the kulaks us right the people that said no um so that's a possibility but if we get martyred um yeah, glory be to God right um so yes on that hand on that and yes it's better for us uh on the other hand um I think like I think so much of this is like the Canada. They are taking the heavy-handed approach. Like I don't know. I did they arrest? I, I'm not even sure at this point where things stand. Everything is there's so much fog of war, right? Um, I don't even know if they arrested everybody and cleared everything out or where things stand with the Ottawa protests. But like what they did is not something able regime that has a firm grasp of power does.
4: That's what that's right. what you they, do when you're panicking.
2: Yeah, yeah. That's what you do when you don't have. I mean, you, they have a lot of power. Like, I mean, I think we sometimes even underestimate how much power they have. Like they could just somehow they seized all these crypto wallets. I don't even know how that how they could possibly do that. Um, but they did, and they shut down. You know, they hacked give, send, Go. They shut down bank accounts. I mean, all this stuff. I mean, that one. You know, ten years ago. Like if you said this was gonna happen to people doing a, a very mild full protest, right? they would think you're insane. They would look at you like you're Alex Jones. Uh but they did it. Uh so I mean they have massive power. But that they wield it, I mean it's like it's like the Soviets um in um in Hungary in nineteen fifty six, like rolling tanks in into Budapest. Um, that's that's what they that's what they did, or you know, in, in uh, Czechoslovakia in 1968, like that's what they're doing is like uh, is um a repressive regime putting down a revolt, uh is a demonstration of how weak they are, how much how weak their grasp of power is, um so I think the regime here is has a tremendous amount of power, but they are rapidly losing I mean, you see that with like all of the "Let's Go Brandon" chants and stuff like that. That like normal people. I mean, yeah, it's funny, but uh, normal people.
5: Uh, I mean, and, and he's just a, obviously a figurehead, and he doesn't not matter at all. Um, but like, it's it's
2: because they they it, implicitly despise this regime. And it has nothing to do with Democrats or Republicans. It has everything to do with just the whole structure of all of it, right? Um, they despise it. And so like these people, you know contra Russell Moore and the reg- evangelicals, like these people are
5: primed to hear faithful preaching from from godly pastors that oppose
2: the same regime they do, and to be able to base their opposition to the regime.
5: On biblical principle um that that I think that's what they're terrified of happening is
2: is a guy like Doug Wilson and guys like him,
5: right, leading serious resistance to the regime. They're terrified of that, and they should be. Well,
4: so it's you know, when we got into our positive eschatology podcast came at it from an odd direction like a lot of people expected us to start with Daniel or Matthew or Revelation depending on where you're coming from and we pulled a Dabney and started in Malachi basically used God's full-throated attack on the Levitical priesthood because of the because they were dealing treacherously with their wives and he was going to shut the heavens because of that we drew some parallels you know obviously that was you know, obviously that was talking about a specific time and place, but I think, there's, I think there's a pattern that God really follows through on, where he sees whole nations that want to acknowledge him and call on his power for forgiveness and to raise the dead, but don't want to live rightly. So they take that thing, which is marriage, which most closely resembles his covenant with the church, and they just throw it out for the sake of doing whatever I want to do. If you do this, God won't honor you. So we started a positive eschatology off with, men, you need to turn your hearts toward your wife and treat her as Christ treats the church, and then turn your hearts to your children and deal rightly with them. That's the beginning of a positive eschatology, because the outworking of that is a cascading series of blessings that God will give you. You know, uh, Doug Wilson, he, break, he breaks that down, you know, that passage of, I think he first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Then all these things will be added to you. All the things that are being added are temporal blessings. Got yeah. to start with honoring God, submitting yourself to His, actually being a representative of His kingdom. That's how it starts. Um,
5: yeah, yeah you bring up a good point, but um,
2: just briefly. That I mean, and when you're talking about positive eschatology, like just the very idea of having a family and having a next generation
5: is, is, it's like inherently post-millennial, right? Whether you're, whether
2: you're, pre, whatever your particular eschatological outlook is, like, the very fact of, like, I'm going to move, you know, my line and humanity forward another generation is saying, I'm going to trust God. Be a future. If people were consistent, thank God there's not consistent, you know, dispensational premillennialists. Um, otherwise, like you know, most of American Christians would not have children. Um. So, anyway, uh, I interrupted you. Though go
4: on. No, no, no. I, I, I mean, I was. Go oh, go ahead.
0: I was just gonna say, you know, who has the most consistent, pessimistic eschatology in in world history. Shakers, you guys know about the Shakers of New England? They
2: died off, (laughs) yeah. They died off,
0: yeah. They had to abstain. they abstained from sex and abstained from procreation because that was what that's what the world is supposed to do. This world's supposed to die, and uh, it's just it's funny. It's like because what what is the point? What is the point of procreating if if by procreation in this in the new covenant, according to some of these people, true procreation is. Evangelism and saving souls. What's the point of having kids? I feel like that's the logical yeah. end of radical two kingdom and dispensational premillennialism. If if they were to be consistent, absolutely,
4: yeah. Well, I, th- I think that's also it tied into talking about um, facts of dispensationalism. South. Oh. One of one of the one of the one of the necessary outcomes. And you know we have this what, what was it oikophobia right where we mm-hmm. we hate and xenophilia xenophilia like we hate our own family but we love everybody else so we'll send a missionary to africa to go <laughs> evangelize the african which is laudable in and of itself but there's people in your own town that you haven't people in your own town you haven't had a beer with or sat down had had lunch with you know tried to uh bring the gospel to you, know, you
5: and then even yeah you go and hundreds
4: and challenge. thousands of miles to talk to people you won't yeah. do to people who are right there next to you
1: just think of what the north american mission board all the money that the, the billions is a billions or millions it's probably billions um all that money that goes overseas what that could do in america what that could do to build a you know uh, not even plant churches, but start starting ministry opportunities within local SBC churches, and oh. actually evangelizing the neighborhoods.
0: That's the international international mission board. Oh, I international. I okay. no, but you're, you're still not wrong though. The North American Mission Board got in trouble for a uh, lack of transparency this past year because the, the people don't know where some of these funds are going. There's a complete lack of transparency, and there's the, and there are millions of dollars being poured into Nam. But it's like, well, look at our country. Like, yeah. have you seen the, the 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 what is it the what's that survey that Ligonier, uh d- did a while back? Like, it, you know, what you talking about?
1: Orthodox survey, basically. Like, you know, like, like, what does that
0: say about Look, there is a direct correlation between our mission efforts and the fruit. Like, the gospel doesn't come back void, but it's like. So people can uh validate their own negative eschatology they'll they'll put forth scant effort they'll pour money into it, but they'll put forth scant effort like poor effort and and in the worst way is like crew like have you guys seen campus Crusades? What a joke that is! What a joke that is but then North American mission board it's the same thing they'll pour all this money into it, but very little effort, very little meaning and no return and then they say, "See, see this is just proof that." is just proof it's the end of the world. The end of the world's come. See, we can't even convert our own country. It's like, have you seen what you're teaching people? And, and like, your efforts are garbage. Well, I, on, on the opposite end of the spectrum,
1: like looking at a mirror image, we could also look at, they're doing the same exact thing that BLM did when they got the millions of dollars. They didn't build any new parks, so they didn't clean up their neighborhood. No, they just had a bunch of high, you know, high fluting salaries, and they paid for bricks to be uh, laid out in, you know, the middle of big cities.
4: <laughs> well, you know, if you if you see how Russell Moore and John Piper talks about average guys, um, it's it's really no wonder that they're not having any kind of efficacy. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out to your town and tell you how. Stupid. And and while I'm telling you, you're so stupid. You need to listen to my my big big brain takes on on how. You know, critical race theory probably a analytical tool. It's like, you know, Piper, I, I don't you know, look, I got mad respect for you. you helped me out a lot, but I, I, I really have anything for you. Um, you know, you're gonna go and write an article about you ought to look after the people pressured into not taking the vaccine. Uh like Man, people aren't losing their jobs because they won't take, because because they will take the vaccine, right? I don't. If you can if you can give me an example where the government's yeah. enforcing people to refuse to take the vaccine, I'll be happy to you know concede my point. But like, it people are losing yeah. their jobs because they don't want experimental therapies. Like,
1: but but is that any wonder coming from a man that you know? Doesn't honor his his mother and father because his dad was a mean racist in in, in his own words.
4: Well, I mean, I, I mean,
1: he's breaking the fifth commandment right there. And, but anyway,s that's that's a totally another topic.
4: Well, just popped I, in my mind. Well, I, I again, I don't know that it is because I think I think him denouncing his evil racist father is I don't know, on a and and he can humble brag behind it about oh I don't think I'm special. Better than anybody, but then he goes around and talks like it in his articles. Sorry, I'm a bit of a John Piper there.
1: (laughs) Uh, That's why I don't respect anybody. Everybody thinks I'm a retard.
5: (laughs) (laughs) uh, I mean, you bring up, you guys bring up some good points that um, that
2: I I think emphasize what I'm saying. it's like, you you know, when people are exposed, like, uh, for like for me. The people that are in the news, um, they have no idea who Russell Moore is. Most of these people. Um, and most of the people in, in churches where you guys are, uh Southern Baptist churches, churches that were in that of the denomination he was in, um, they don't they don't have any idea who that is or any of these figures are. Um but they they are aware of the influence these types have on on their leadership, um, they hear their pastor, heriting these talking points. It's, I mean, he's, he's he is a pied piper to a lot of pastors in um, you know, especially in the SBC, but but all
5: over um, conservative evangelicalism, and and so when. When these guys are demeaning
2: and and of of yeah, people like us, just regular regular dudes that um have have families and jobs and and just want just want have half a halfway decent life for our children, um they they want something other they they don't want they don't want it and they know they're not gonna like not go to church. A lot of people. Um, But they're desperately looking for something else. And so I've seen um, a number of friends, uh, their churches grow rapidly, significantly in the last two years because they opposed lockdowns, they opposed masks, they opposed riots, um, they they opposed wokeness in every way, shape, and form. And the churches that are bold about that are the ones that these people are going to flock to. And are going to continue flocking to. And I, I, again, I think we should, we should emphasize it more and be unashamed about it. We should, and and you know, if your pastor doesn't, you should, you know, tell him no. You need to, you need to be more bold in this because that will be rewarded. I mean, I mean to go back to your question about, um, you know, where it's like, well, martyrdom on the one hand, on the other hand, like we will be the 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 cadre that leads right that that um that forms the the core of leadership um in I hate to use the phrase the resistance uh but like um, <laughs> <laughs> but like you know the people actually opposing the regime whatever whatever we want to call that um as it coalesces right it'll be the people who've been right this whole right not the johnny come latelys um and so that's That's something to take heart in as well is like, I mean, I get into these fights um, on Twitter. I'm not trying to, uh, but like there are, there are all of these like nerdy intellectual uh, guys um, that are kind of big Eva adjacent. um, And they have been wrong every step of the way about COVID like I was wrong initially because like the media was telling me if I cared about it, I was a racist. So knew that it had to be not nothing. It had to be fairly serious. Uh, but then as soon as they turned on a dime and they're like, actually, no, this, everything is, the world is ending and you need to be locked away in your home for the next Uh, then I'm like, Oh no, I, I believed them. <laughs> this is bad. Um, but, uh, so by like april of twenty twenty one or 2020 I was like all right um i'm I'm done with this now um but there are guys that um these guys are still believing the lockdowns were good the masks were good the vaccines are great um and like nobody's gonna listen to them in you know the coming years when think when because they they are totally, they're either totally naive on the one hand, or on the other, they are um, on the side of the bad guys. And so, like,
5: who's going to be the leaders
2: down the road? What's well, going to have to be, you know, us, and guys like us,
5: you know?
4: Um, I've mentioned this a couple of times, but it kind of seems like uh, right now there's a changing of the guard, like, across the spectrum— not just in one area, literally everything is being shaken up i um I don't generally speaking, I don't like throwing everything at the feet at one demographic, but it's like the boomers are finally leaving, and we've got to clean up after them like like even the Russell Moore types, which I don't know how his age interacts with that generation, but he acts like a boomer. He's got that boomer mentality. and So like you're saying, it's our spiritual leaders, our pastors, social leaders, and the like, you know, these guys are supposed to be our, these guys are supposed to be watchmen on the wall. And if they're either in cahoots with the enemy, or they don't know how to tell the enemy from a tree, then why are they there? I think guys like me and others, you know, I've been mostly a troll. I haven't had anything to do with uh, trying to be on the internet and have productive conversation with leftists. You know, I just <laughs> i I like seeing people. Wrong uh, with that. Uh, I, I, well, it it was sinful in some ways on my part. You know, I just like to say things to aggravate them. <laughs> um, you know, I really had a flip with this whole COVID thing, Because... I had always believed that government had too much power. If anybody can believe it, it's actually worse than I thought it was. Um, it kind of antagonized me to change. I'm seeing everything burning around me, and it's like, why aren't you doing anything about it? You have kids. You have family. Why aren't you stepping up and asking the questions? That precipitated its way into this podcast. Now I've got I've got a few other things planned as well, but first we wanted to have a conversation, talk about things. Our interest is primarily about the Southern community and heritage. We started this podcast off with going through Dabney and a positive eschatology because it touches on what we are faced with in the South. A hatred against our history. A hatred against where we came from. And on top of that, it's an attack on just about anyone in the rural area across the United States. As, you know, Honestly, to you know, be frank, it's you know that feel, guys. You know how it feels to just get beat on all the time. Now it's kind of expanding to across the country. You know, the South is no longer the whipping boy.
0: General is the
4: whipping boy. Um,
1: so welcome to the club. We, we've been at it. Yeah. We've been at it since the '70s, the 1870s. <laughs>
2: no i I know like that's i mean it, it really is everywhere that's not a a big uh urban area is despised and hated um it, but i i think
5: that that's not going to be forever like you can't take you know a not even the majority of the country like
2: a a substantial minority forty percent of the country and say you're nothing but scum and and we want to destroy you and, and actually take steps to do it like I mean the the line in the sand of unless you submit to this medical experiment you will not be able to feed your family like the the how sickening that is people don't quite comprehend it yet I think but it's disgusting that they could even think to do that um it, it and it shows the sheer abject hatred
5: they have for the people of this country um that's that's ultimately what what it means and so um like
2: how many more times are they gonna keep doing this before the people say no more right and that's 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 what I look at like things things are gonna get pretty hairy and pretty bad and we have to start quickly. I mean doing it. I mean I I, I I I talked about this on Twitter a while back, at least a week or so ago, that like things are bad. They're gonna get worse really quick. And if churches like the ones we're trying to build and be part of and everything um are not at the forefront of of leadership, going to be a bloodbath. Right? It's going to be really bad. Um, whatever shakes out, unless there is there are churches that are that are teaching and and led by by godly men who want order and stability, peace. Um, it, not going to. It's going to be awful.
1: And, and that starts with a strong theology. Like if they're weak behind the pulpit, they're not going to make it. Period. Yeah. Um, it's going to take, you know, men that are actually teaching doctrine to the other men. It's going to, it's going to take the, um, the average blue-collared man to actually be able to explain the doctrine of the Trinity, actually be explained salvation by faith alone, and not these guys that, that, that have been sitting in the pews for, you know, you know, generations basically that can barely even enunciate the gospel. Um, so, you know, it, that, like James White says, theology actually matters, and it really does in a whole pragmatic sense of things, because if you're weak in one area, you're not going to see the hope that you're actually living towards. You're not going to see why you should build a strong community. You're not going to see um, why you should raise your children up in the fear and admonition of the Lord, because if everything's hopeless, then what's the point? Um uh, that theology is just the bedrock of it. I think that's why when we started this podcast, we 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 just went we just went hard into like some what I would say is fairly deep theology for the audience we're going towards. But we've been so ignorant for so long that we don't even have most most Christians, uh, you know, that are sitting in the pews do not have a foundation for which their hope is laid upon. And uh that's just that's just pitiful.
2: I mean, yeah, the last last week it was tough, you know, it was um it's <clears throat> challenging to just because you're you're in a small town. I mean I'm in the place where I am. Um <clears throat> and like I could be in a series church um somewhere else in the country and you know be able to Live, I mean I wouldn't be like wealthy but you know be able to not have to work full time uh, on top of being a pastor um and have time to do that I think are really important. And uh and, and so you know I was bemoaning that I guess you know and, and and it just feels like we're never gonna get to I, I would just like to get to 100, hundred and fifty people to that point. Oh great shape. But you know, when you take over a church that has like eight people, um, I mean it's barely a church at that point. You've got you know four families besides mine. Um, you know, it's uh it's a it's a diff- and it's not like young people that have free time either to do stuff. Um it's gonna take Thing where it's like I might it might take me a couple of years, but I talked to my pastor from college and he um you know gave me a, a, I talked to him probably for an hour and a half on the phone, and he gave me tremendous counsel i mean one of them one of it, he, like, he was the guy that was always- was always the most adamant like don't try to take people from other churches, don't do it, you don't want to do that uh he's like no i've 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 totally reversed course on that in the last two years um over i mean the experience of the last two years has been such that no, I take everybody I can out of their terrible. Like, because these churches have one foot in apostasy, right. um, and, and even the ones that aren't going to like vocalize BLM stuff so much, like if they shut down over the lockdown, they will shut down over anything.
4: They're putting Caesar over um, Christ at that point.
2: Yeah, yeah, they're gonna. I mean, if if you know, Joe Biden goes to war with Russia, and he for some reason he talks, uh um. You know, some kind of wartime strategy where we can't have we can't gather together because of to the Russians or something uh, on Sunday. what whatever preposterous rationale right? or calls you a if,
4: Russian if they, because you're meeting up,
2: yeah, yeah, or, wh- or whatever it would be. Um, you know, like I mean, this was a test run to to shut down church. Like that's it's just so obvious to anybody with a brain. If this was a test run to attack the church by the regime. Like we are their enemies, and they want to shut us down and and so they have the they have the precedent now to do it, and so all of these churches are just gonna comply and do whatever um and, and so he said no, they've got one foot in apostasy so anybody that is ready to leave those places you feel no shame in taking them and the other thing he said is like you know if if um you know, God blesses you in these ways, where like hundreds or thousands of people listen to, you know, your sermon, and and you know, tens of thousands buy your book, and like you, your profile, you know, starts to rise and and so forth. Um, but then on the other hand, you still have a church of twenty five people. Um, like that's God humble, <laughs> like that, like praise God for that. Uh. And so, <laughs> part of me is like, yeah, but I'm writing this book, and like people, like people already approached me, like I have this like mega church out of ten thousand, <laughs> you know, like I don't, I don't, I have I have a tiny little tiny church. I don't have any answers for you about how to grow your church. It's more just like be bold and be ready to die for Jesus, and that will draw people to you. Um, be a that's man. That's yeah, yeah, and and so anyway, like writing the book. I mean, I think he's like and then, and like part of the the travails and struggles and everything that will like get that into your book, like help write your book, uh, be, you know, with all of that in mind. Um, and so that's been good. Like, it's been good to talk to guys too. Um, honestly, like why <coughs> why aren't they in church? And it's like, well, they don't not. Um, equipped to be in church they're not even tiny bit ready for it and so there's a lot of like tilling the soil that has to happen as because they want to be in church but they don't you know you gotta you you gotta do a ton of work with them so and he's and and the other thing he said is like you should send support letters to churches like all of these churches in the C that you have a relationship with send a support letter to and because it's like they would send hundreds or thousands of dollars to a church in Russia, and it isn't any bigger than yours, and and isn't going to have any fruit. Um, and what you're doing is is you know frankly you know there's much higher upside to what you're you're trying to do. Uh, so churches should support you, and if you frame it in such a way that why are you sending stuff to all the the other side like what we were talking about you know to the other side of the globe when you have all of these people that are super open to the gospel, if they had a pastor with the time to minister to them. Right. Um so they say go ahead and, and send support letters and, and, and make it clear that this might be a five year thing before you can support your church can support you fully. Um it might take that much time. Uh but do it. Um and and monetize everything you can on the internet. You know he's it, like, you got 5,000 Twitter followers, Look, monetize the heck out of that thing. I feel zero shame about it. I'm like, yeah, but I don't feel right about putting my sermons on Substack articles and making people pay for those. Um, like, yeah, I, he's like, Dude, who cares? <laughs> you know, like Tim Keller sells all of his sermons for like five grand or something.
4: Oh, he's all in dosing, man. All those guys are or whatever. Like yeah. selling their their sermons and their their life stories and antidotes on on uh, docent for other pastors to yeah. use. I'm looking at you, Ed Litton. Um, you know it's it's
1: he brings shame to Alabama.
4: Does, <laughs> <laughs> but
2: yeah, it's, it's true though. Uh, they do, and it's it's it it's disgusting with these guys. I mean, they, and it's not like these guys need the money either. You know, um, it's just so incestuous and and awful. Like. I hate
5: it. I hate all of it. Um well uh, I, yeah. and I would I would
4: actually kind of echo what
5: Ellen don't don't be afraid to don't be afraid to not be muzzled.
4: <laughs> if that makes any sense. Yeah. Um you know the, the Bible tells us not to muzzle the ox. People are benefiting yeah. from you. Kind of different than selling books, different than you buying a collected sermons of church. you know any of those That's other true, guys. Yeah. You know yep. you're 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 producing valuable information for people. Don't 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 be afraid to no. make a living off of that.
5: Yeah. Look, there there were
1: people that got paid via like PayPal accounts and Cash Apps just to comment snarky stuff on Trump's tweets. Okay. Yeah. If they can do that type of bullcrap and monetize <laughs> it, then why could then why can't you? Because I mean, yeah. it's obviously more valuable than what they're putting out.
4: Well, well if, you know, if you got five thousand followers and half of those guys give you two dollars a month, there
5: you
4: go. I mean, think about that, and then, and then you could probably devote a new F two fifty. F1. No. <laughs> well, but you you could devote. You could devote
5: yeah. your so, time uh, to doing what you're supposed to be doing instead of whatever it is you do for. Yeah, well, lots of different things that I've been doing. Uh, but yeah, it, it's, uh, yeah, no,
2: I, I, I get you. It's, um, it's he's 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 right. Um, that that I should be doing that because it's, you know, going from twenty to fifty is going to be a lot harder than going from fifty to hundred and fifty. Um, like that's just that's the row that I'm hoeing right now, and and uh, it's gonna take time and effort and work, and it's it's work that I'm I'm happy to do, and it's it's fun, I like it, uh, but it's it and, and it hasn't been without fruit. Like there's a gal that I high school with, that graduated with my sister, um, and she's been coming to church, and she was, you know, she like I approached her, ironically, and I make sure this is not recording, um. That uh, because like she was posting, we're in a day and age where they're they're they are surgically removing and chemically removing the genitals of children. It's just it's just disgusting. This just horrible, and people you know, like and people don't even talk about it. Churches, and churches should be the one thing you know. And and she heard that and she was like because they think they're dumb guys, and because they don't know the Bible. Um, like when I start talking about the Bible. Ninety-five
5: percent of it's just over their head, um, and so it it's getting to them to a point where
2: they don't feel like dumb guys when I'm talking about the Bible to them, and and, and so because they want to, I mean, on one hand they want to be there, but they don't have the they don't have it within them the reason why they have to be committed to the level they need to be committed, you know. So anyway, um. It's it's going to be a long term thing, Build you know planting a church in a in a place where um people don't value worship um at all, even though they value they value what I'm saying a lot. Um, it's weird. Um, so
4: hey y'all, thanks for listening in on our podcast. If you like what you hear, please share and comment wherever you're listening to it, and check out our Gab page at Dixie Poles Podcast. If you want to contact us please send an email to polis at ProtonMail.com or send us a message on Gap. If you like the music we're playing, hang out a little while and let the song finish. It's Wayfaring Stranger by Southern Raised, and you can listen to them on YouTube or go to the website at SouthernRaisedBluegrass.com.
0: God bless y'all. I know dark clouds will gather no, my way is rough and steep.